0: You are now entering Frida's World. Join us as we address various issues faced by women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. World is this? It's Frida's World. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clashing. It's Frida's World. Welcome back everyone for another episode of Frida's World. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. My week has actually been pretty good. I, it's been long. I've been tired, you know, the usual, but. I've had some great things happen to me this week and I just feel this positive energy. Last week, I remember when I was talking to you guys, I was talking about this positive energy that I was feeling. And I know I know the sun was shining last week and I had attributed my happiness to that. But I'm feeling like I'm getting closer to whatever it is that I feel like is going to make me happy. I don't know exactly what that is yet, but I know that I have been unhappy for a long time. And I feel like I'm almost there. I don't know what there is. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I'm about to get there because I've just been feeling very positive lately. And you know, I just kind of want to capitalize and seize this feeling and hold on to it for as long as I can. But... This week was actually, I don't know, it's been pretty good so far. I know we have a couple more days, so I don't want to jinx it, but um, I'm really hoping that this energy continues. So before I go into what this show is going to be about today, guys, I know I actually don't do a great job of this, but I need you guys to subscribe, to rate and review. I am taking this podcast thing very seriously. I've actually even enrolled in a podcast mogul's uh, course so that I can really hone in on the intricacies of how to really make this podcast successful. And so a part of the success is to get you all who are listening and who tell me all the time that you love the content to subscribe, to rate and review, especially those of you who are iTunes um people, the iPhone people, my team iPhone, Team Apple people. iTunes is where you know the shows get rated, they get placed into categories and all of this fancy schmancy stuff that some of the other platforms don't necessarily have. And I would love to one day be a top rated podcaster. And so I need you guys' help. I need your help. So please. You know, while you're listening, right after you're done listening to the show, please subscribe, please rate and please review and share. Share with your friends. Share the goodness with your people. So today I'm going to have a very special guest by the name of Marley marcellus Logan. She has been a guest on the Frida's World podcast. I think season 1 when we first started, she was part of the original the original crew. And so she's going to come on today to talk a little bit about the transition from public sector to private sector. And I thought it was really important for us to talk about this as we are in a new season we're in spring spring signifies change a lot of you guys are starting to look um for a change of pace and some of you guys um who are in the public sector have probably always had your sights on the private sector but you know there's insecurities in that right you've always been working in the public realm You know, what does it look like to to go to the private realm? Will you be accepted? Is it something that you can actually do? A lot of times, I included, we discount ourselves from several opportunities because we're like, oh, well, we don't have everything checked off, you know, from the requirements list. And so, you know when things are unknown, we tend to shy away from them. But so we're going to have Marley, um, on the show talking about her experience from being, you know, primarily a city government worker and how she took the leap to a private financial institution and she's killing it in the game. Literally she's killing it. She's surpassing expectations. And I think it's important that she talk about her experience, you know, what her thought process was. Um, You know, what led her to even make such a change. And hopefully, it can inspire some of you guys who've been kind of toying with the idea, but for whatever reason had, you know, reservations, fears, insecurities, and whatnot. Hopefully, it'll inspire you guys to take the leap as well. I am here with my very special guest Marley Marcellus. This is the first time we're actually doing the interview or the discussion via call, so I had to make sure that my uh, apparatus was working properly. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks like we have Marley on <laughs> finally. So Marley, thank you so much for for being available to uh, be this week's guest on Frida's World. Not a problem. My pleasure. I know you are no stranger to the free' World stage, as I think we've had at least one episode in the past together, correct? Yeah. Yes, from, from the beginning, beginning last year. Yes, you was part of the original, original guest list, so <laughs> good to see that you're still available to be on again. <laughs> I am at your service. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, for those of you who don't know, Marley and I, we go way back from the district attorney days. Yeah. Uh, We started off our, I guess, our legal careers together and ended up in the same bureau and became office mates and work wives. Yes,
1: you're still my work wife. Yes,
0: exactly. I tell people the same thing. That's my work wife. And from then, you know, we she left the office first and then I left maybe like a couple months later. But we were still able to maintain our friendship so much so that I am the godmother of her first baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have to put that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this week, um, so the reason I asked Marley to be a guest on this, this week's show is because I wanted to talk about um, the transitions between, you know, different sectors. So the private sector to the public sector, public sector to the private sector. Etc. And I find that in this time, um, a lot of people are looking to make career moves. They're looking to, you know, make these transitions. And a lot of people are kind of, you know, frightened, especially if you come yeah. from the public. You know, sphere, knowing nothing really about the 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 private sphere. You know, it's a little mm-hmm. intimidating. So I know Marley, you had made that leap from, you know, being a city worker for so many years and jumping yeah. now into not just the private sector but the private financial sector which is an area that you're you weren't ever familiar with which
1: is a beast of
0: its own. <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to talk about, you know, a little bit about your background. with people. You know, it's been a while since we've had, you know, a lot of changes have happened since the last time you were on this show. I know. I, I have a second baby now. Yeah. So she's the mother of two, <laughs> two beautiful girls. So definitely give us a little bit, you know, a little bit of information, a little bit of update, and then let's get into, you know, the transition, the, the leap, really. Okay. okay, well, um, as you said, I am a former prosecutor. We both prosecuted at
1: the Brooklyn DA's Office, prosecuting domestic violence and elder abuse. Fun time. <laughs> Serious topic, but fun time. Yeah. Um, after I left the office, I went to the New York City Council. I can say that was definitely one of my favorite city jobs, um, in that I was able to explore different, different areas, um, and in-house, um, and government work. I think a lot of people, when they think of in-house, they think of just like, um, corporate. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people knows that there's actually, you know, in-house for government. And, you know, I really enjoy doing that work, but after, after I had my second baby You know, since I was at the DA's office, I always wanted to explore the private sector and specifically compliance. Mm -hmm. And I think once I had my second baby, I made the the big move to Jersey, that was like the prime opportunity for me to leave city government and just put myself out there for whatever um, opportunities. Um, that were um, out there um, in the in the private sector world. So currently now I am doing um, compliance specifically anti-money laundering investigation, um, fighting financial crimes um, as we like to say. Um, it's very <laughs> intriguing. It's definitely not, it's definitely not prosecuting because you know it's more of keeping the bank, as a financial institution, out of trouble, making sure that its clients are, you know, their activities are legal
0: (laughs) and not suspicious.
1: Um, (laughs) No fraudulent activity. No fraudulent activity. So it's definitely, it's intriguing, it's interesting. um, And I'm learning a lot thus far. So that's where I am right now. And I'm sure there's You'll probably have a lot
0: of questions how I went about the transition. so Yeah, I I mean, I I definitely want to go through that because again, you know, a lot of people when, you know, the bulk of their career, at least the the first half of their career, when it's been, you know, grounded in city and government work, um, you know, it's, I find that sometimes, you know, thinking about private institutions, financial institutions, um, tends to be something that, you know, that thought is a little bit, I know daunting, right? Because it's like, you know, I've always done, you know, I've always worked in these particular institutions. I've always, you know, had a particular, you know, whether you were coming from a DA's office, a legal aid office, or mm-hmm. even some of these other, you know, um, I guess legal, um, you know, litigation type um, of spaces, There's always like a particular structure, right? Even though you might Mm -hmm. not know exactly that particular area of law, you know that after like a week or two, you'll you'll figure out what the process is and you'll be right at home. Yes, But we're talking about jumping to a totally different field, totally different sector that doesn't necessarily, you know... I mean, the skills are always transferable, but in terms mm-hmm. of the process, right, it's not the same process. And so I guess I want to kind of get you to talk about, you know, that first week, that first month where you shifted gears, uh, you know, what was that experience? Like, what was the, what was your mindset during that time? You know, were you, did you think, oh my God, I made a mistake? What's happening here? <laughs> you know, what's going on?
1: You know, actually, um, I did, the first week was quite daunting. And and I say this because, you know, once you're used to a certain structure, you're used to a certain, um, work environment, when you venture into something new, you do carry the hope that it will be similar. And if it's different, it's not too different that you, you know, you'll regret it. Um, I think um, for me, first of all, with compliance work, they have this this thing with compliance work lately is that they make it hard to get because they want people with experience. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who want to get experience in compliance. Yeah. So it's like, you're not getting the job because you don't have it's like it's a second. it's a cash for me too. Um, I've been wanting to get into compliance for a while because... You know, we have a lot of our, you know, mutual friends who are able to translate their investigative um, experience from the DA's office and and go into that field in different banks, mm-hmm. but have applied numerous times, nothing. But then I got this interview with my current employer. The first thing I did, I think that was different just in to facilitate my transition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I reached out to some of my um, some of our colleagues who are currently in the in the field because I think interviewing for a city government job is completely different from interviewing for a a, a financial um financial industry job, mm-hmm. so you know I had their assistance they were able to really coach me and you know test my knowledge, like test my interest. They wanted to make sure that one, my interest was genuine and how do I, you know, articulate my interest in a language that, you know, the finest minded, you know, people understand, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that was very helpful. Now, my first week was more like, okay, this is different. I can do this, you know, there's, the expectations is quite different in a sense where when we started at the the DA's office, we had like a training. We had training. We had, you know, I wouldn't say a nice honeymoon stage,
0: but we kind of had a nice little honeymoon stage. Yeah. We had some sort of guidance. We weren't thrown into the wolves like the first week. (laughs) Yeah. Second week, yes, but not the first week.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Now, in compliance, because... They generally hire people who are already who already have experience in compliance. There's a level of they do expect you to learn things much quicker and they expect the expectation in terms of grasping everything within a short amount of time is definitely um that was a bit of a change for me okay, but nevertheless, it was manageable I think. One of the things that I, you know, I thought was different for me as well is that, you know, in our regular legal field, we do have a lot of autonomy. hmm. And I didn't I didn't think I would miss the amount of autonomy that we have until <laughs> I started working where um, the chain of command and the financial institutions, everything you do is reviewed by so many different eyes. OK by the time, you know, you're done, your work would have gone through so many, uh, uh, different levels of review. So I think in that sense, I think that was a bit of, um, you know, like not a complete loss of autonomy, but definitely one that I felt was, um, was notable. Okay. So that's the difference. Now, the What I find similar is that, you know, as attorneys, one of the things that I always say is that we're versatile. Um, The skill set that we have, we are able to transfer it in any other field. It's just a matter of learning the basics, Mm -hmm. you know, learning the language. But, you know, a critical thinking or sound judgment or or ways of evaluating, you know, a set of facts is really the same because I'm still working with a caseload the same way I, uh, I did um, when I was at the DA's office. I'm still um, reviewing issues that pose, you know, certain conflict of interest the same way I did, um, you know, at the council. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that it's different because right now, you know, it's primarily, you know, you're dealing with transactions. You, you need to learn how to read transactions
0: mm-hmm.
1: before my current position, you know, if I see, uh, you know, the type of transactions that I'm able to read now, I wouldn't be able to read them. There's a structure to how they do things. It's a very, it's make, there's a lot of, um, it's technical, but once you learn that technicality of it, you are able to still apply the same legal mind that you use for your regular legal work. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that, you know, for me, that's the um, satisfaction that I'm currently finding in compliance is that, you know, I'm, I'm still able to use my skills. I'm not losing my skills. I'm, I'm still enhancing them and I'm still, you know, using them.
0: I think well, one thing you mentioned earlier was really, really important. The fact that, you know you reached out to friends and former colleagues that were in that made the leap and that were in this particular industry, you kind of got, you know, familiar, I guess, with um, maybe some of the day-to-day, some of the different mm-hmm. things that you, that, you know, that you would, that you are now doing, you kind mm-hmm. of got some sort of like insight before going into the interview as mm-hmm. to what life, you know, working in this particular area would be like. Yes. And I think that that's definitely, you know, when you're thinking about making a switch, a career, you know, change or uh, industry change or anything like that, you know, empowering yourself with information sounds like it's it's not just helpful, but it's necessary because if you didn't speak to these friends, you'd probably, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd go through the interview, but maybe you wouldn't do it, you know, in a way that would have gotten you the job.
1: Yes. And I mean, I think, you know, and the reason why it's so important is because, you know, you don't want to, we all make mistakes. We all make, we will make ca- a career moves and, you know, and we'll think back five years later, we're like, wow, I, did I really do that? Mm-hmm. But I think in equipping yourself with the necessary information and learning the day to day from the perspective of your friends, even if it's not exactly 100%. Um, It really gives you, you know, an insider view. Mm -hmm. So when you're, you know, when I went in there my first week, I was talking, you know, their language. But, you know, for a person who had no compliance experience, it's because I had already had several conversations with my friends who were, you know, who gave me the time to really educate me on, you know, on the culture, on the environment, Mm -hmm. you know, because these are things that, you know, you know, that may be a shock value to someone coming from city government. That may be a shock value coming from a law firm, you know? So it's important to never go into a new area completely blind. I think that's not prudent Mm -hmm. to do. I think it's really important to, you know, like there's so much information available online. You can always read, which is important, but I think it's so valuable to really have that inside insider information from the perspective of colleagues and friends who are currently in the field.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's definitely important. And I feel like something else you said was also key. Um, a lot of times i find that when people are making these career moves or are wanting to make these like uh career you know moves um they often time when they see the job description they take they count themselves out and so they're like mm-hmm. man they're saying that you need three years of compliance um you know background i don't have that i'm not gonna apply to this job and i'm sa- and i'm saying this from as of somebody who has often done that i'll see the mm-hmm. job description i'm like i don't have this i might have like other things but the one thing that they'll say requirement i'll say well i don't have you know uh experience in human resources right or experience in a particular area of law that they're you know claiming that i would you know would need to know um, mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times when we see these job um these job descriptions We automatically say, well, if we don't have it, then there's no need to apply. As opposed to what it looks like you did was you saw that there was a job description that, you know, didn't necessarily, I guess, fit you 100%. But Mm -hmm. what you did was you drew upon the skills that you knew you had and figured out how you were going to, you know, I guess, explain or fill in the holes in a sense, right?
1: Yes. And I mean... Listen, we are right now, and we are in a world right now, automatically people are already counting you out. You mm-hmm. don't need to do that for yourself. Yeah. You don't need to count yourself out. I think it's a matter of rebranding yourself. It's a matter of repurposing your education and experience. Mm. Um, when I, when I decided to just really con- seriously consider uh, um, applying for compliance um, jobs, I I took a hard look at my resume. My resume was very city government driven, you know, like it, it looked like I was going to be a lifer in the city government. Which yeah. I still don't discount that, you know, that still can still be a uh, part of my, my, um, um, end goal. Mm-hmm. But it was important for me to really evaluate certain things and try to, you know, make it more relevant because, There are certain skills that you have if you don't communicate it to an employer, either in your resume or your cover letter, how it is relevant to what they're looking for. They're not going to find it relevant.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to fill in the blank and say, oh, well, she's an investigator. Maybe she might be able to investigate my type of cases.
1: Exactly. And, you know, one thing I still remember, I I, one time I spoke with a recruiter and I had a good 20 minutes conversation with the recruiter. He was so excited about my prosecutorial experience. Mm-hmm. And then he asked me to send uh, my resume. When I sent him my resume, he called me back immediately. He's like, wait, I'm not seeing all these things that we talked about in your resume. Mm. And he's like, why is that? And I'm like, well, you know, we were just talking. He's like, no, no, no. Like these, the things that we just discussed everything that I elicited from the conversation, I want to see a synopsis of it in your resume because that's what drew me to even want me to uh, uh, want you to actually go to the next level to send your resume for X and X job. So Mm -hmm. I think that's very important for us to do. I mean, it's a hard job to tell you the truth. I mean, you can look at your resume 20
0: times and still don't know how to reconstruct, uh, reconstruct your resume. And I think that's where it's important to elicit, you know, help. I mean, I'm one of those people, I am not, um, you know, I am not rich. I do not have a money tree in the backyard. <laughs> However, I feel like, you know, sometimes you need to know your lane. You know, I yes. understand where we're on <laughs> budgets and everybody's like, listen, we need to, you know, I don't have money for all this. I, I'm going to do it myself but I have been a victim of the do it yourself mm-hmm. where you've done it yourself. Cause you know, you're like, Oh, I can save some money here. And it was to your detriment. And I find that to be the same when it comes to the resume and cover letter writing, there are people who go to school for this or who have taken classes or yes. <laughs> they've <obtained Yes>. certifications <laughs> to be resume review people because they know it's you know, I've learned over the years that when it comes to resumes, it's not just what's on the paper. There are certain keywords that certain yes. systems. Like if if I'm going to a recruiter, I'm going to like a large firm or company, they actually like your your resume goes through some sort of like electronic system first. Yes. Yes. And if those keywords that you know, if your resume does not have certain keywords, your resume will never end up on anybody's desk. It's going to go in the trash. No matter how amazing you are, if the keywords are not in there, you're tr- you're done. And most yes. of us, w- we didn't go to school for resume writing. We don't know what these keywords are. Nobody sat down and, and, you know, and gave us a talk or seminar or workshop on keywords and seminars. I mean, not seminars, but keywords <laughs> in resumes. Yeah. And so I find that, a lot of times, you know, we're like, oh, we're legal writers, we're this, we're that. We we put together our own resume, not realizing that, you know, we don't we don't really know all of the tricks of the trade. Because it's it's a numbers game a lot of times too, right? It is. It is. But
1: again, you know, these are these are things that we can it's it doesn't take that much time for us to make those type of evaluation, Mm -hmm. you know, one, one, having one generic resume does not, does not, um, equate success in obtaining, um, you know, a a job interview. Yeah. Because, you know, it's important to read what they're looking for and to assess what your skills are, you know, and, you know, and you make it work for yourself. And I think again, you know, Not to pump our own horn, but I really do think, you know, as attorneys, we are, we do have that versatility where you can really draw relevance of your past experiences. Even if it's litigation, there are skill set in litigation that's useful and, 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 and finance, Mm -hmm. You know, that quick takenness, you know, the, the, you know, the, you know, the dealing with caseloads, you know, so things like that. And the
0: attention to detail
1: and being able to, you
0: know, you know, site, you know, spot a problem.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: know? and,
1: and I think these things are, you know, if if you, if you, if you, if a, if a job description, if you are intimidated by a job description, just by, by thinking that, oh my God, I don't have this one thing they're looking for or, or that that one major certification they required, then I think that's, you know, that's, that's cutting yourself short. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think in the day and age that we are right now, I think we should all strive for any job that we want. Yeah. You know, and just go for it. But you really want to make sure that some of the basics with regards to, you know,
0: Cover letter writing. I mean, you know, you know, I love writing cover letters. Yes. And I will, I mean, <laughs> since you've made that announcement, um, if you guys are interested in somebody writing your cover letter, send no. an email to Frida's world at gmail.com <laughs> and I will put together uh, a package for you and Marley, <laughs> you know, I got to get a kickback from this. I know And Marley course. will review your, resu- <laughs> or your resume and cover letter. Um,
1: um. No comment as to that. <laughs> <laughs> We're working
0: on the business plan as we speak. <laughs> We're
1: working. <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, I think I think we Rita, we like the transitioning from from one type of um career to another is hard. It's daunting and and it's scary. But I think that, you know, there's so much reward um, and trying something new, you may try something new and you, you end up not liking it. Okay. At least you tried it. And, and I think that that's what
0: a lot of people are afraid of because when, and it's interesting because I had a conversation with somebody not too long ago and they were saying that, you know, I guess I don't want to say just millennials, but in this day and age, uh, professionals are not staying at their jobs for like five years, 10 years, 20 years. You know, the, the the typical, you know, moving rate is two years, like every two years, somebody will move and, and go to another another job. It might be still within the same industry, but you're not finding so many people sticking around, you know, at a company for like, you know, like five, 10, 15, whatever years. And so. I think that with that being said, I mean, if you're with a company, that's great. And you can move in upside, you know, sideways, downwards, whatever, stay with the company, you know, and, mm-hmm. if you, you know, establish your longevity and your seniority there. But I think that people, you know, are afraid sometimes of making the leap because, well, if I don't like it, then man, I got to go look for another job. But I'm like, if that's what it is, then that's what it is. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. It's not abnormal anymore when you're in an interview for somebody to say, why did you move around so much in the last 10 Mm -hmm. years? I think it's become it's to the point where if you don't move around, I think people are asking (laughs) questions because it's (laughs) like people move either for a better opportunity or for more money yes and so you know that's always something that you know if you're one of those individuals who are like man how do I explain this that's one thing you can say like you know you moved for a different opportunity or you moved for more money like those are very legitimate especially in this day and age um but I definitely think that you know there is a lot of fear especially you know going from public to private because in the public world in the government city government world there is a level of like security security there is a level of comfort even you know when you're a government city employee and not to say that the work is 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 easy or anything like that the work is crazy but mm-hmm. there is a level of security. There is a level of, I mean, I think there might be even a level of of humanity (laughs) in in the public sector (laughs) that a lot of times you don't find in the private sector. It might be a little more cutthroat. It's a little Mm -hmm. more numbers driven. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say that
1: because while I do think that, you know, I am finding that in the private sector, it is more numbers driven. I do think that certain employers, um, particularly where I am right now, I could see a global attempt to create some kind of um, um employee-friendly environment. Mm, okay. You know, there's okay. like work-life balance initiatives. Okay. You know, things that really, you know, that attracts employees. And just to kind of go back to what you just said about, you know, like the moving around from job to job, I think that All of us have different reasons. It could be money. It could be, you know, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, um, satisfaction with the work. What I find um, interesting is that more and more people, as you progress in your life, depending on how your life change, those situations will determine your next career move. It may not, some people will give up money over work-life balance because at the time in their life, that's what is more important. Mm -hmm. As opposed to at an earlier stage of your career, the money, I mean, the money is always going to be important.
0: Listen, the money is always, always important, okay? It's
1: always (laughs) important. important. You know, let's not lie to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some people will take that 10K pay cut If they guarantee, you're like, whoa, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) Oh,
0: man, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts just by you saying it. (laughs) I know. I just visualized it. I'm like, uh uh, I don't know Mm, about that. Not my (laughs) picture.
1: But, you know, again, you know, to each his own, you know, like we do have different reasons for, you know, for, you know, moving around. But I don't know. I think it's important to. You know, you have to move with caution. You know, like if yeah. you, you, if you're gonna make the move, don't do it. You know, out of whim, because you don't like your boss. I mean, like newsflash, a lot of people don't like their bosses. Yeah. My thing is, am I still getting my pay?
0: It, yeah, exactly. Am I am I still taking the check to the bank? Am I still getting a direct deposit? That.
1: Exactly. You know that's important. You know, are you still finding that job satisfaction? You know, so. I think sometimes when people focus on that one specific thing at a job that they hate, I think they need to reevaluate because you may run from a job for that one thing. And then you go to a different job. You have multiple things now. Yeah. To worry about.
0: Yeah. You know, that's definitely a good point. I, I find that, I mean, it happens often because sometimes, you know, we're just like, We know we've had we've had it right. We've had it. And then especially in this particular day and age where, you know, social media makes you think that you can quit your job and like, right. (laughs) And like, I don't know, become a I don't know, have like your own like Etsy shop the next day and become a millionaire. (laughs) Or be a YouTube wig reviewer and then next yeah. thing you know, you're a millionaire. Like it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like social media and just like, I don't Killing know. Just the this, dreams. Killing yeah, the dreams. Yeah, the, the these <laughs> dreams are crazy nowadays. But I think that, you know, to your point, uh, part of, I think, I think what we, what my, myself, you and everybody else listening should really get out of this conversation is that there has to be a hard conversation with yourself first. Yes. what is it that I want? What am I looking for? There needs to be like, you know, pull out that legal pad if you're an attorney and do like a pro and a con list. And I think that's really what needs to happen first before thinking about switching industry, changing from public Mm -hmm. to private or, and, or vice versa. I think there has to be a hard conversation, a real talk with yourself to look for what is it you want? What are you looking out of this? You know, is it money? Is it job satisfaction? Are you willing to take the pay cut? You know, there needs to be some sort of research on the different e- industry and the culture of where yeah. you're trying to go. Because I think culture, you know, I know we've talked about this on on our show and even off, offline between you and I, but mm-hmm. culture has a lot to play in like, you know, your, your I don't know, your... um your happiness, yes. your, your job performance and all of that. And so when, when you think about it, you spend most of your time at work. Yeah.
1: So the culture, if the culture is negative or if it's not to, if it's not conducive to your health. Mm hmm that's probably a, uh, you know, a red flag for you to start evaluating things.
0: Yeah. And that's within, that's regardless of industry too, or, Mm -hmm. uh, or sectors. Cause some people think that within the public sector, they're shielded more so from a lot of the craziness that goes on in the private sector. So like, again, we talked about security and, and, and whatnot. And so some people will, will stay in the public sector Because of the the fears of whatever rumors or whatever ideas they have of the private sector being a, you know, a sharky environment, cutthroat environment, culture, you know, is just horrible. Um, Usually that's what people think about when they think about private. They think about, oh, the culture sucks. But sucky cultures, you know, also exist in the the public sector. So that's not really a reason for people to fear moving to private land. Um, you know, because of culture. I agree. And, you know, I don't want to
1: jinx myself, but I I feel fortunate that I've had, I've had the good fortune to really like both my former boss (laughs) and my current boss. You've been lucky. Uh, (laughs) 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 And I say it's good fortune because, you know, in reality, sometimes that's actually not very common. Listen. You know? Listen. Um, <laughs> a bad boss can create a really really terrible culture yeah right but if your if your boss is micro or if that your boss has you know that one weird thing that he like he or she likes to do that's p- probably not gonna be a reason for me to quit yeah but if my boss is a terrible boss where every day I'm I'm, I'm wondering should I make it to work today
0: that's a problem that's a problem yeah that's a problem you know
1: but these are these are it, talking to current. First of all, another thing I forgot to mention, Rita, reading reviews, reading reviews online. I do it every time I get an interview. I Google not just the company website because we know we're not gonna get the you know the you're not gonna get the, the dirt you're not gonna, you're gonna get not the gonna tea. Get the tea you wanna go to Glassdoor reviews you want to go to indeed reviews mm-hmm. you really want to i mean yes you'll there will be a, a couple of disgruntled employees talking like this company sucks
0: of course you but want to give in but when 95 percent of the reviews because <laughs> that happened to me with this with this firm that i was looking into and i will say 95 percent of the reviews were like run don't do it to yourself <laughs>
1: I mean, so that's your, that's your sign, right? <laughs> that's your sign. You know, you have, we have to research, research, use our network, yeah. you know, use the public domain to the information is
0: available. It definitely is. You know, people are not holding their tongues either. Exactly. <laughs> oh you man. Know? So circling back to, um, you know, your jump from public to private, I mean, it sounds like you're enjoying the challenge that's presented before you with this new venture. Um, do you think you might stay in the private, you know, for, for, for a while, or are you, are you now saying, you know what? Public was good to me. At some point I want to get back there.
1: You know, I think even if I'm currently enjoying what I'm learning, Mm -hmm. I think there's things about the public sector that's still going to remain attractive to me. Mm-hmm. That's still going to pull me back in, only because I think it's it really ties to my heart. You know, like things that deal with public service. Yeah. You know, when you're working in the private sector, it's not to say. I mean, again, you can helping or doing good is so broad. You can. You can find it in the private sector. You can do good in the private sector. Yeah, there's um, like pro bono
0: opportunities.
1: Yeah, you know, but I do think for me, um, just in terms of like my legal career path, mm-hmm. I do see myself eventually going back. Um, I think that the um, experience that I'm acquiring right now will set myself, will will set my career up to continue to do that Okay. eventually in the public sector. Um, um, it doesn't, every experience you can build uh, upon every experience yeah, that you acquire, you know, and you can, you can, you can draw, derive a story or like that big theme, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of better words, um, for yourself. So I think that's what I'm in the process of doing right now. I'm in the process of consolidating everything. You know, my my three big experiences and to see exactly where I where I want to see myself in the next five years.
0: And I think with that, it's all again, it goes back to planning the vision, sitting down and like, I mean, and and we know, I mean, visions change, you know, from Mm -hmm. month to month, year to year. But sitting down and saying to yourself, I feel like people don't do that anymore. It, it's like to the point where people think it's cliche when they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? But that's a very important question, especially if you're wanting to remain a professional. Unfortunately, yes. most of us do not have the great fortune to meet a basketball player or to meet, you know, a prince that will bestow upon us uh, fortune upon fortune. And so we have to really think about our futures. And the other day, you know, I had a depressing moment when I was like, man, I got 30 to 40 more years of this, of working? You know <laughs> what fair. I mean? Like, it was very depressing for me at that point. But I think that, you know, we all need to really sit down and like, you know, what is the vision? What's the plan for the next five years? Yes. Even if it changes, yes. but at least have some sort of blueprint so that when we're thinking about career moves, like like what you just said, you know, you were in the in the public sector. Now you're in the private, but you have plans to go back to the public because you there's certain things that you appreciate from the public sector that you may or may not get in the long run in the private sector. But you're you know, you're 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 saying I'm not just gonna go back to the public sector though, I'm gonna build upon it and you know yes. I'm assuming you're thinking you're gonna be a boss in the public Listen, sector. Of course. Right? Because of all the experience, but it's like everything you're doing is strategic. And I think we lack strategy when we're making these jumps and leaps, like we're moving around with no real plan, no strategy. And I think that's where a lot of us end up failing because there's no, there's no strategy. There's no plan.
1: I completely agree. And let me tell you, when you interview with employers, they can sense when you do not know what you're doing, they can sense When you're, when you're just looking just to look, Mm -hmm. because the questions they ask you, you know, why do you want to work for this company? Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving your current job? Mm -hmm. They're not asking just to ask those questions. They actually want to see, does this person have a plan? Yeah. Because it's how you articulate your vision, how you articulate your moves. That's how they'll determine, okay, I can see this person has a plan. This person. There's things about this person um this person have clear vision. Mm-hmm. Clear steps. But if we don't do those type of self-assessment, you know, evaluation of of where we were and where we're going, we're just going to appear as, you know, lost. You don't yeah. want you never want to appear lost. Yeah. at an interview. And you certainly don't want uh uh you don't want to be um to feel stuck at a job
0: yeah and i think a lot of people you know even i mean in all transparency even myself you know you know are have feelings of being stuck because it's mm-hmm. like you know when i left my former job to to come where i am now it was kind of like a, i need to get out of here you know it was mm-hmm. a mass oh exodus. yeah Oh yeah everybody I mean. was leaving. It was just like you know when <laughs> when the feds roll up into a financial institution <laughs> and people are like, yo, I gotta get out. And so that's kind of what was happening. Everybody was leaving. and so for me, I'm like, I cannot be here anymore. I had a whole <laughs> patch of gray hair that came out of nowhere so I had to run and you know fortunate for me, fortunately for me, I guess, um, I ran into an opportunity that was financially sound for yes. me. It was, you know, very much financially sound, and it was able to allow me to hone in on certain skills. So I don't regret, you know, coming or landing where I landed after the mass exodus. But I think that now that I've been there for several years now, it's like this was not part of like my strategic plan to end up in this particular industry. Mm -hmm. this particular sector of the law. Um, but I do appreciate what I've been able to gain from it. So it was still valuable, but now that I'm, you know, doing my self-assessment and I want to also make a change and it's like, I kind of like how you went from public to private, I'm kind of considering that type of leap as well. But I have Mm -hmm. to sit back and say, why do you want to go to private? Yes. What are the what are you seeking that you feel like you can't get within the realm that you're in now? So I think you know that's really important when we're talking about these types of transitions because it 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 kind of matters you know where you end up, where you go, you know what you do next. It all it all it all has to tie in somewhere.
1: No, I agree. Yeah. I agree, and I think we you're never going to feel 100% confident when you make a move. I yeah. mean, if if somebody feels 100% on the outset, I would love to talk to them because mm-hmm. I don't think that's possible. I think you're always going to have some kind of, um, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness. I think it should not be such that it impairs you. Mm-hmm. You know, it should, it should, that should be something that, is within you to keep your eye open to, you know, as you assess your new work environment mm-hmm. um, to see if, it's, if it suits your, you know, your, your current situation. I think that's what it should be used for. But I think, again, I think it's all about making those type of assessment and, you know, really going for things that, you, that fits what you want right now. And what you think that in the long run will benefit you. Like, you know, there's the short-term goals and the long-term goals. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, you know, I, um, I find valuable at my current, um, um, employment is that at the beginning of the year, everyone is required to write their goals, their objectives. And then mid-year, you have to, you go back to those goals to see, um, where you are. And I think what I've been managing to do now, not only I do it for my work, I also do it on a personal level because I want to make sure that whatever I would, for my job, I'm getting some personal satisfaction as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, like writing as you look right now, like, you know, for your own transition, start, start, making those assessment where you are right now, what are some new things you're learning right now at your job that you can possibly transfer um, to the, the, uh, the um, uh, opportunities you're seeking?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think all of that is definitely necessary. And I definitely, I feel like, you know, if we were to, if people were to incorporate a little bit, of what was talked about today. <laughs> Maybe, you know, and even in myself as well too, because it's like, I'm talking about this and I'm like, yes, Rita, hmm. As we talk about this all the
1: time. We talk about <laughs> this every day. So
0: I'm like, you know, now I need to start uh, actually implementing some of this because I will say, again, I am I am still one of those individuals who will see a job description. Like, I'll, you know, you guys are always looking out for me and you'll send me a job description. I'm like, uh, I don't have that though. and you know, I'm always the pusher. I am the pusher. I don't have that. Sorry guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, but I don't have that. So I can't apply to this job. And so, you know, as much advice as I give out, I also have to like sit down and say, well, okay, you don't have that, but what is it in your, in your bag of tricks (laughs) that you can pull out and mimic what it is that they need? You know, sometimes I've actually went to interviews where I'm like, listen, I know I don't have what it is that you're asking here, but let me tell you how I could be of service. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So sometimes you have to be creative with it, right? Yes. Oh man. All right. Well, Marley, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about, um, your transition from public to private. I think this conversation is necessary, especially, like I said, we're in that, uh, we're in that, um, season, right? That spring season where people are looking for a new, a fresh start. They're, you know, they're starting to like look for new jobs and just, you know, figure out where they need to be. And I, you know, I've heard it even from, you know, some of my friends, like Mm -hmm. they're interested in private sector work, but, you know, a lot of us have been pigeonholed. You know, we're I've been pigeonholed by being a public, public sector worker, and so sometimes, you know, when we see our our friends and our colleagues make these leaps that we thought was a little impossible, um, you know, to I guess to to make, um, it's important for us to highlight these individuals and kind of like get the gems and get the jewels as to how they did it and you know what the thought process is um you know going through something like that because it's not as easy as people make it seem people are like oh you just applied for a job but no, it's it's not easy you know to make because it's it's definitely a change there is definitely a difference between the public and the private sector and you know it's at the end of the day though I think we've decided that it's really about what <laughs> what you need as an individual what your wants yes. are what your what your desires are what you need so Yes
1: Agree and agree. <laughs> Confirm. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed.
0: <laughs> well, thank right, you for Marty. having me, Rita. No, of I course. hope I was useful. I mean, you're always useful, Marley. Come <laughs> on now. Um, definitely will have you on for, you know, other episodes. Um, but definitely appreciated you taking out the time, you know, for this week just to touch upon this particular topic. So... With that being said everyone it is a wrap for this episode of Frida's World Marley again thank you so much and i mean i don't know are you sharing instagrams do you need followers <laughs> do, you, oh. <laughs> do you want how can we how can we follow you Marley so we can see your progress
1: <laughs> i uh- no comments. You know, I never. I'm on the private side, <laughs>
0: so, which means which means Marley's Instagram is uh, blocked. You must you must be not blocked, but uh, it's restricted. Restricted. <laughs> it's restricted. All right. Well, if you guys All have right. questions about Marley, just hit me up, and I will All filter right. them for her. <laughs> have a good week, everyone. The world is- it's Frida's World What's it like, What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time You clash it Like you love church music But you f*** with future That's clashing It's Frida's World